So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Halloween Horror Nights Orlando has mastered the art of the scare. We'll cover each year of this amazing event one by one, picking through the bones and uncovering its past. So join us now as we open another tomb inside the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Welcome to this special episode of the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. I am Matt, and joining me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Quint. Hello. And a very special guest, a name that everyone that is a fan of Halloween Horror Nights knows. He is the Director of Entertainment Creative Development for Universal Studios Orlando, which of course includes Halloween Horror Nights, Mike Aiello. Mike, welcome to the show, and thank you for taking time out of what must be one of your busiest parts of the year to talk to us today. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. It's always busy around here nowadays. <laughs> yeah. No, no, my no, great. So, really just want to start out casual and talk to you about your history and your perspective of Halloween Horror Nights as a fan. That's what this show is about. It's about how much we love Halloween Horror Nights, and we go through the history of it. So, really, my first structured, I guess, planned question for you is, with this Halloween Horror Nights 25th year quickly approaching, apart from you manning this milestone event, how are you feeling about this as a fan? Oh, well, wow, that, that's an that's a interesting question. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's weird, too, because like, Halloween Horror Nights has been in my life since it began. Um, in uh, 91, I, I came to the event you know, with my dad for, uh, every year until I became an employee in 96. Um, but yeah, so every year it was like a, it was tradition with my father and I to come to Halloween Horror Nights. And, and my dad, you know, is a huge horror fan and he, he brought me up with horror and the classic monsters and, you know, everything a horror fan loves, my, my dad loved and, and brought me up on it, whether it was good for me or not, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know, it turned out okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we came to the event every single year and I just remember it was the, it was the first time I had, I had been to anything like that. Um, as far as they, a, a theme park Halloween event, you know, I did, you know, my own haunt as a kid and, and trick or treated and, and scared kids, you know, trying to get candy on my front porch and all that stuff that, that a lot of us do. Um, but yeah, it was just a really, really fun time to, to, to experience, uh, at that time, what I felt was probably the most professional haunted related event I'd ever been to. So you mentioned your father and, and watching all the, the scare, the horror flicks and stuff. So what are your favorite Halloween horror movies from like any time? What's your uh, favorite well, one? Frankenstein is my all-time favorite classic horror film. Um, but my, my favorite horror film in general is John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> awesome. Um, that, I, that takes the cake for me. I can, I can literally watch that movie end-to-end all day and have no problem with that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, that, that's probably my favorite. And, of course, you know, all, all of the staples. You know, I, I, I'm a huge Nile Living Dead fan. Uh, anything um, George Romero's done, I, I enjoy. Um you know, I'm also an Argento fan as well. So I love Suspiria. Oh, wow. 
um, uh, Suspiria. I, I just, I, that, you know, it's one of those slow burn horror films, which, you know, is it, a particular type of horror film for a particular, like, particular horror fan. Um, but I, I, I enjoy the slow burn horror movies, and, and uh, Suspiria is one of my favorites as well. Oh, excellent. Uh, but I'm also, I'm a huge trauma fan as well. Oh, now you're talking. Now you, <laughs> the only other person other than myself, I think that I've ever spoken to that I've said those words. Yes. Oh, I, I love Trump, man. Toxic Avenger, um, uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man, um, uh, Class of Newcomb High. Yeah. Uh, Tromeo and Juliet, I, I, all these movies. There used to be a, a video store um, when I was growing up that had a trauma section. It was a video store slash coffee shop, so they were like, you know, really, it was really awesome. Um, <laughs> but they, they had a whole trauma section on VHS, so uh, my sister would get, you know, whatever she wanted. I'd go straight to the trauma section and pick out, you know, Toxic yeah. Avenger 2. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge trauma fan. One of the few box sets of DVDs I own is the Toxic Avenger set of all four movies and the Toxic Crusaders cartoon. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So I think if Matt hasn't already offered you this before, you're now officially welcome to come drink with us anytime. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I passed the trauma test. <laughs> That's a test I didn't even know existed till this conversation. That's great. <laughs> So you said something, and I actually I, I've I've known I've heard you say this at a couple other events. So the Hall- Halloween House was a a I think it's safe to say a dream house come true for you. No, no question, okay. no question. That Michael Myers, like the post exit Michael Myers at that house last year, that was probably the biggest scare I've ever had at Halloween Horror Nights. It got me and Quint hands down so good last year. Oh, that's great. That's great. No, that. That maze was a was a labor of love. Oh I mean, yeah, I'm sure. It, we we just wanted to just do right by that film and and oh you d- yeah, it was magnificent. And I'll never forget, you know, when we were before we started rehearsals for the maze, we had just gotten finished with the decor, and um, I sat in the living room and we we were running the video on the on the TV of uh, you know the uh, the original thing, and I just sat on that on that sofa and just looked around. And I'm like, holy crap! I am sitting in the film. That this is, is amazing. So cool. I actually freaked myself out because I'm like, at any point, Myers is going to come out somewhere. <laughs> and I knew there was no one in there. It was right? just me and, and maybe a couple other uh, technicians. But it was just, it was surreal to sit in there. And there's been a couple moments like that. I remember, you know, American Werewolf, seeing the slaughtered lamb, you know, in, in full view the year we did that. And then, you know, uh, which we'll actually get to do again this year, seeing the entire Elm Street facade, you know, uh, 1428 yes. Elm, you know, fully realized. You know, those are kind of out-of-body moments that, that we have. Even being so connected to the event, it, it's not lost on us the impact that a lot of these environments have and a lot of these characters have for horror fans. And I think that's the one thing that, that, that really um, we, we are really proud of is that, you know, we're, we're fans of everything that we're, we're creating, and we, our only goal is to try and, and make it the best we can. Yeah, the love of the material has shown through, and it does more and more every year. I mean, it's an event that just keeps getting better and better. I know everyone says that, and it, and I'm sure everyone must mean it because it's true. It, the, the love you guys have for the properties that you pick, and even the original properties as well. I mean, the stories are fantastic. Everything you do is top-notch. It's just been a, a event that's been such a pleasure for me to watch grow and become what it has and continues to grow and, and get better. And I get more excited every year for it. So that work is not missed by us Halloween Horror Night fans at all. That, that, that's not. really appreciated. And, and again, I think the I, I've talked with, I can't tell you how many hundreds of people that are fans of this event. And, and again, I'm, I'm one of them. I just happen to be able to work on it right. as well. 
but it, it, the 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 amount of um the kindness and uh, honestly the respect people have for for what we do and and is not lost on us at all and and actually it's the first thing we think about when we're we're in the middle of like the first steps of creating something um for the event is you know what would what would what would those fans want to see what would we want to see as fans um and you know and and there are years we're able to accomplish everything we want there's some years where it's like oh man i wish i had done that better the you know the, we're also very critical of what we do and I, I think that's also a really important trait to have in a creative process is is being critical of what you do and understanding when something was a challenge and you may not have met it is figuring out how do you make it better that's the great thing about the event is we we do it every year so we're able to learn in real time what's working and what can we improve on uh and that's never lost on us so that actually um brings me to to something that i that i'd written down is is if there was one house or scare zone or show from the past that that you really love the idea of and you would really like to either use today's technology or just go back and improve on it to to delight today's audience which one would you pick to say that's the one i want to do over oh man um well, it's rare we do anything over. So, um, it, gosh, you know what? If I okay, full disclosure, if I had the chance to do something again, I'd really love to tackle Resident Evil again. Oh, because I, okay. I, I I felt the year we did that, um, we did our best on that maze. And again, I'm, I'm taking my creative director hat off and as a fan going through, you know, I would have liked more Umbrella Corporation things in the maze, but we were really held to the first two video games with that maze, or the first three, before you kind of get into more of the Umbrella Corporation and the look and feel that maybe the films have. So that would be one that I think I would love to maybe try again and see if we can infuse some other sensibilities into the maze. Nice. Um, I, I think what we had, if you're a fan of those games, you literally walked through that game from the, the time you entered to the time you left. Um, so and there was a there was a very large niche group that appreciated that, but I think I think as far as the casual fan may have come out of that maze kind of confused because there's always there's a perception of what that brand is now versus the way that brand was presented, you know, when we were kids. Hmm. Got it. The um, scare zones that is something we talk a lot about on the show. We're huge as big a fan of the hair, the, scare, the scare zones so much that I don't even I can't even say the name right. We're <laughs> such big fans of the scare zones as much as the houses, as much as the shows. And I we've been talking, and it's all speculation because we don't know. I am really curious which is tougher if if there's even an answer to design a house where you set the path of what people are going to experience and see, or a scare zone that's open and you have to tell a story from any angle that anyone is walking. Well, it, 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 they're, they're two completely different creative processes. Okay. You a little bit yourself. Think of it, the, 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 um, the, the, the categories I'll place house and scare zones in, in relation to, you know, an analogy would be houses are like a theatrical book show where we're in control every step of the way of what you're seeing, what you're feeling, how our, how our characters are interacting. It's, it's the most scripted. Scare zones are like an improv show oh, wow. where you have a basic theme, you have a, a subject, but based on what the audience is going to give back, that subject can change and shift. Um, or you're able to kind of create on the fly, which is what we, you know, even when we're casting our, our, our mazes and our scare zones, you know, we're looking for two very distinct type of people, two different types of people. Um, mazes are challenged with, with the, you know, a performer in there is that you're going to be tasked with re replicating a specific moment over and over and over again, you know, throughout the entirety of, 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 of your night and the event. Whereas a scare zone, 
zone, you know, where we, you're, you have a little bit more freedom working within an environment that's, again, a little more open. Um, the thematics that we place in each one of those also comes into play. What would work as a scare zone may not necessarily work as a maze or vice versa. So you kind of got to really um, approach the idea in what setting is it going to be the most successful in. Um, and then there's things that work in both. You know, we, we've done, you know, saws and steam being a, a perfect example. Right. Uh, you know, we did a, a maze based on that, that storyline. Uh, and then it was transferred over to a, a scare zone, or maybe it was the reverse. Oh my gosh, I can't remember now. <laughs> it was the reverse, actually. Those were the, the reverse, first two wasn't years it? I was there. Yeah, it was a scare zone. It, it, it kind of blends together for me, man. Sometimes. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, so that was a scare zone first that we had written. Oh yeah, of course, we had written this really great backstory for that scare zone, which was you know the soft and steam. It was a society where water is a commodity, and uh, and they're actually because it's such a commodity, they're actually harvesting human bodies to transfer them back to, you know, we're, you know, what, 80% water. So we are, are in, in a sense, fuel. So and that was the story we wrote. And it was for a scare zone. And it worked great. People loved it. A, because it's got chainsaws in it. And that yeah. always <laughs> but, but we felt, that I think it was the next year or the year after, I can't remember, um, we felt that the story was so layered that we could expand this into a, a full-blown maze. And it, that was also very successful. So, yeah, so sometimes things can transfer over, which is kind of luck of the draw sometimes on, on how layered that creative is. And sometimes it's something as simple as, you know, tricks and phones, where it's <laughs> characters and, and they look wacky and you put a great soundtrack with it and it works. You know, it all really depends on, on what the kernel of that idea is and how far can you take it. Um, so I got to say, Saws and Steam was, I think, uh, one of the first houses that I ever went through, mm -hmm. uh, which means, yes, I'm a noob to the to the uh, entire experience, but I've been there every year since. And my God, that was just like that set the tone for Halloween Horror Nights for me forever. It was perfect. It was just so well done. I loved it. It's funny you say that too, because I, I can't tell you how many people that I ask, what, what, what's your, what's their favorite maze? And more often than not, it's the first maze they've ever gone through. Like for me, there's only, again, I love Halloween, love what we did with the mazes we're doing now, but as far as a fan, nothing will ever beat the first people under the stairs for me. That was the, I was one of the first mazes. Dungeon of Terror was great, but as far as one that really affected me greatly was the first people under the stairs. Um, and that, that maze, even though it was probably very simple and the scenic was probably bare bones at that time, it, there's a memory in my brain that I've carried with me, you know, up until this point that won't go away. Uh, and it's just interesting, you know, you're the, 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 you're the first time you're, you're, um, placed in a Halloween Horror Nights environment sometimes becomes the bar that you're always trying to meet, you know? It's, yeah, it's it's interesting you say that, but but I think, you know, for you, it's even more special because from what you're saying, you got to see the rat lady in the floor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, we've been tracking the rat lady's appearances. Um, we talk about it on the show quite a bit. And uh, yeah, just seeing her in the floor and the only time she was in the floor, that would have been really, really cool. Yeah, no, it, 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 that, that was an impact, you know, at that time, at that time. Uh, of course, now she, you know, she, she rolls around the park, and uh, that way we can get as many people as possible to see her. Right. <laughs> the People Under the Stairs house, that was when I, when I first came across that name, I was like, ah, the movie was okay. I'm not sure I'm interested in seeing this, but the more I've talked to people about it, the more I hear about it, uh, I, the the more the angrier I get that I was not living in Orlando and going to Halloween Horror Nights from the beginning to see that it just sounds like it was one of the most off the hook houses that was ever done. 
It, it was crazy. And there, there were things done in that maze we couldn't possibly do now um, in, in the context that we live in. I think they, they, they actually fired live rounds inside the maze. That is crazy. <laughs> That's insane. And, yeah. and the thing is, it's, it sounds like the entire idea translated better to a haunted house than it did into the movie. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so now your history did not start with the running this event as I think everybody knows. So I am really curious of your early days as a character. Like, how, what what was your first Halloween Horror Nights job? Uh, it was in '97. I was uh, I was cast in a maze that was in our our old Nazarman's location that we have, have, we, have, we, have, we don't do a maze in there anymore. But at that time we had it was a maze called Hotel Hell, and um, it was it was exactly what the title is. I mean, you're walking <laughs> through hotel environments, and there were all kinds of just random characters throughout you know throughout the uh, the maze. But I was a uh, uh, honestly, I don't know what I was, but I think I was dead. They, they, I, my face was airbrushed, and I remember one night we we all became vampires for no reason. Like they they had teeth made for us, and that we just wore them. And I I popped out of a washing machine uh, and scared people <laughs> from a front load washing machine. Okay, well, that would be just insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, but it was awesome. It was it was so much fun, and and having gone to the event, you know, so many years now. Now, technically, that was my first job as a as a performer in the event. The year prior was my first year employed at Universal. That was in '96, and I worked at Jaws. But during October, I would work like four hours at Jaws, and then I would get carted over to um, the wherever the currently which is our disaster location. Yes. Um, at that year, there was a Tales from the Crypt maze. That was a uh, you know best of movie hits maze, and I was I was operation, so I was actually in the maze watching over the performers. So that was technically my first job with Horror Nights was in operations, and then the next year I, I said I don't want to watch the maze anymore. I want to be in it. Um, so I, so I did that instead, and then from there it just kind of grew. I uh, in '98 uh, I was in um, uh, I think I think '98 was Frightanic. Um, I was the captain of the Frightanic. We, there was a double run maze we did based on that. Uh, I was on Chainsaw Drill Team one year. Uh, and then cool. the things changed for me in um, 2002. Um, I had submitted a, a, a script for Bill and Ted because that, that show had run every year up until that point. And I loved the show, and, and I was also dabbling in writing, you know, on my off time, and wrote a, a Bill and Ted script. And at that time, you know, they could accept scripts, you know, from just a nobody on the street. Nice. <laughs> so I, I gave it to, uh, the writer at that time was a guy by the name of Michael Roddy, who's, uh, 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 well, basically a brother from another mother for me for years. Um, uh, and so I submitted it to him, and he called me in for like four hours to help him uh, write the last few pages of the show that year, his finale moments. Um, so that was my first kind of creative aspect into the event. And then in 2003, uh, Michael went on to do other things, and uh, I was the only one in the books that had the connection with the show. So they, they called me up and said, we want you to bring you back and write the show. I said, for how many hours? And they said, no, no, we want you to write the whole thing. Oh, wow. I was like, oh. so I, I vomited and then, uh, <laughs> and, then, um, and then picked up the phone. And, uh, and it was me and a guy named Kenny Bobble, who was my writing partner that year. And then until 2008, he and I wrote that show together. Um, and then I started directing the show in 2006. 
um, and directed Bill and Ted from 2006 until 2010. And, uh, and that was only part of the year. Uh, you know, when I wasn't working on Bill and Ted, I was, I was helping with the mazes from a, uh, a limited capacity. But after 010, um, uh, I moved on to other creative opportunities within the event. And then just recently, in the last year and a half, two years, I'm now Director of Creative Development over not only Horror Nights, but, uh, but all of the uh, in-park content that happens and marquee events that happen with the resort. Oh, that's awesome. And well-deserved, too. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, you, you worked your way. You, you did it the, the way everyone loves to hear it. You started off as the looking over the over the event or looking over the walls and then and as an actor and then all the way to the top, the way so many people. That's a great story. No, and it's, it's, you know, I've been able to be with some great people and some very talented individuals who make me better, who are able to do things that I can't do, that, that I kind of fit in into a very specific category. Um, and then, you know, also not being afraid to fail, not being right. afraid to put yourself out there and see what happens. Um, and luckily so far, it's, it's, it's done very well for me. And honestly, you know, I couldn't, it's easy to say because I'm doing this, but <laughs> I couldn't imagine a better place to work you know the fact that you know and it still happens to this day i mean every show director on my team started as a performer um that they're now show directing for the park um you know the fact that the company is able to recognize that that sort of talent and want to foster that is uh is really really amazing and and not something you see everywhere right exactly no absolutely so uh, when you're designing this stuff, what are some of your, your toughest constraints to work around? I mean, I know you've got you've obviously got the constraints of areas and in things like that, but you've also got like the no touching, the no. There's tons of things. What are the toughest parts that that you find? Uh, well, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of challenges. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that we we try and do in the creative process is just take everything one step at a time. Because if you if you think, try and think about everything all at once, you're going to drive yourself nuts. Um, so all of our all of our concepts start really small, and actually with a, with a really small group. Um, it's usually three or four of us around a table with a piece of graph paper, and we're kind of plotting out the maze like you would um, a Dungeons and Dragons, you know, campaign. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So yeah, my, my college was Dungeons and Dragons. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, but yeah, it's kind of plotting that out, and and then every every maze, as far as like the storyline, will present its own challenges. You know, sure. Um, example would be you know for years, for actually three years, four years, we wanted to do an American Werewolf in London, and and we could never really figure out the right way to do it. We I could there I have three or four treatments on various versions of that maze. Some that were what we kind of ended up with, which was a, a greatest hits moments of that film. But there was, there was others that were almost a continuation where we were going to use the title and kind of do our own thing. But, we, but one thing we couldn't figure out was how we were going to accomplish the werewolf. And we knew if we couldn't get that right, then there is no maze. So for three years, we, it, it, it kind of labored. Um, and we, we felt that it just wasn't, it, we, we weren't able to give the maze what we knew it needed at that time. So that's actually really, really cool as a fan to hear um, that, you know, if it's not good enough, you just table it for another year or, or whatever. That That's really, really cool. Yeah, and there, there, are some, there are some elements we're able to do that with. Others, we're not. It's like this maze is going to happen this year. You guys figure it out, and we do. Oh, know? right. Sure, okay. yeah, and, and, and I get that. I mean, I, I know that there's cross-promotion stuff. You know, we've done, you know, the last couple of years with the Walking Dead stuff and all that. Yeah. I know that there's stuff that you've got to do, but, you know, for the other stuff where it's like, no, not good enough. We'll, we'll figure this out next year maybe. That's, mm-hmm. that's great to hear. Yeah, well, and also, I mean, Walking Dead, you bring up a good point on that. You know, that, that's the – 
what the only property we've ever done as many times as we've had. And that's also a unique challenge. It's a, it's a great brand. Obviously, it has the reach for a business decision to say, this is something valid and we need to continue this relationship because of the, the outreach that show has. I mean, the demographic for that show is insane. You have people that love horror that watch that show, and you've got people that have never seen a horror movie in their life still watching that show. Yes. So as far as a um, gateway into horror, that show is very much that. Um, but the challenge for us is, how do we present it differently every year? How, how, how do we wow the guest with either, you know, really uh, uh, detailed environments, you know, replicating as much as we can with the tools that we have? Um, that, that, that is something we're, that, that comes into play with trying to create a maze based on a brand that, um, that you've done for, you know, three years. Right. Well, I, I have to say, last year I was absolutely giddy going through the uh, the Walking Dead house. It was fantastic. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's it, you know we every year we there's an element of kind of crossing our fingers and saying we hope this works, but that's also exciting about being in a creative aspect. Is if you you know if if you're if you know exactly how it's going to go, you can get bored very easily. I I I'm actually more comfortable with an event that I'm unsure about than an event that I know is going to work exactly the way I think it is. Because yes. also Thanks. it allows you to be free with okay, well that may not work as exactly as we want. Let's change it. Let's fix that. That's the other great thing about the event is we're able to kind of you know mold and shift a little bit throughout the weekends of the event. Okay, um, so you, that, that was a question I had. So you do that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We'll design a room that has multiple areas that are, are um, not every room, but there'll be select rooms that we'll design multiple ways that a character could, could interact with a guest. And we'll begin one way because we feel that's probably the best way. But we won't know until guests are walking through. And we never really have an opportunity in the rehearsals to allow for a mass an audience to come through during a rehearsal. So really, our employee preview is our, our final dress, mm. you know, where, where we're able able to kind of get a sense of flow, we can kind of test out, you know, we use a lot of distractionary techniques, so we'll, we'll you know, do a, a lighting sequence that, want, that we want a guest to look to their left, hoping that they're not going to see the person on their right um, attack. It works, trust and me, it, it works. It works great. If it doesn't, we're going to change it. We're going to figure out how to make that, that better. Right. Um, and so the one thing that we never lose is the fact that we're still a... a for lack of a better analogy, we're still kind of a trunk show theater in some cases, and that's good, where, you know, we haven't lost the ability to be able to shift and change and adapt. Um, we're not like a ride vehicle, where it has to be set and programmed, and if that's what it does. We're able to, because it's people, we're able to shift and change and, and adapt to what the guests are telling us they want, um, which is very liberating. Yeah, I, I that that is really cool. I kind of assumed that happened, but to the extent that you're describing, I did not expect to to hear about that. Is really cool. So that just that just goes hand in hand with everything we've tried to compliment you on of of the attention to detail and making the the event it can be and how and why and why it gets better every year. That's a clear example. Well, you know, it's 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 all it's it's playing, man. We just play. <laughs> yeah, that's all that. <laughs> See, that's that, a that's damn good job yeah. to have, I think. <laughs> You know, it has its challenges like every other job, but, but ultimately, course. you know, the fact that, you know, we, we can get handed the reins to, you know, uh, uh, Freddy versus Jason and say, okay, oh, man. or even the first time we did it when it was Freddy and Jason and Leatherface in separate mazes, you know, that's a dream come true. I mean, that, that's a, 
it's the same the same plan we've got whenever we're you know we're handed you know we got to do the entertainment for Harry Potter. I mean, it's it's these just kind of pinch me moments where you go, oh my gosh, this is really great, and and I want to put as much as I can into this that I'm able to do, and hopefully on the other side, people like it too. <laughs> yeah, that's when I saw that Freddy versus Jason and the. You and I have had conversations about movies before, and I, I I get a sense of what you like for movies. And when I saw Freddy versus Jason being announced, I was like, "Oh, Mike has got to be flying high right now." Yeah, yeah, no, no. Like we're I just walked through the maze yesterday. Oh, really? Oh, man. We're still in. Um, we're we're not in scenic just yet. The walls are up, and everything's got a got a black paint texture on it right now. But all of Fortune Twenty Eight Elm is up. It's all black right now, oh. but it's up, and it, I can already like I'm already getting it. <laughs> No, seeing it. Oh, that is so cool. It's, yeah, um, it's again. There's these pinch me moments where you go, "This is pretty freaking cool." Yeah. I'm just happy to be a part of it. <laughs> well, we're getting down to the last couple minutes here, and I don't want to keep you any longer than than the generous time you've allotted us. I did want to have to ask some questions about the event. N- nothing. I'm not going to ask you anything you can't tell us. I I, I did want to ask. We we got. Quite a few of our fellow podcasters from the network coming down for the first time this year. So I wanted to ask you from Mike Aiello himself, what words of advice do you have for our first timers coming this year? Oh, wow. Um, it's pretty simple, man. Uh, have fun. I mean, that, <laughs> you know, I think the, the coming in with, again, if it's the first time you've ever been, you don't have any expectations. You're just along for the ride. And there's a part of me that even when I, you know, when I go see a movie, I wish I could turn my brain off and just enjoy it. You right. know, um, I think that that's the biggest thing is, is come and have a, have a, have a great time. Have fun. Um, expect to get the, your, your pants scared off of you. Hope you brought an extra pair. <laughs> uh, um, and also too, you know, uh, take it in. Cause I, one thing actually, John Landis quoted this last time when we worked with him, he was amazed at how fast people willingly go through the maze. Like they'll, they'll enter a room and just run to the other side. If there's space there, you know, they won't <laughs> look at anything. They'll, they'll just run. Um, and so my, my advice for anybody coming for the first time is, is take it in, you know, you know, take, take, take in the environments as you're going through these mazes. And, and if you're, if you don't get scared easily, which there's a lot of people who, who don't, you know, they're going in just wanting to see the, the layers and the textures and, and see the, 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 the characters, um, just, you know, enjoy it. That, 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 that's the best advice I can give and come with a group of, of buddies that you, that you're pals with and have a great time. That, that's the other thing about the event is, and it's always been this way, it actually started this way. It's a party. You know, that, that's what the event was based in when, the, when, when it was Fright Nights. It was because they didn't have a whole lot of content at that point. It was, you know, it was DJs and it, yeah. was, it was a maze and it was a few, you know, a few hundreds characters, you know, populating the park with no environments. But it was a party. And that's one aspect that I think we always want to make sure everyone understands is, yes, you've got these, these mazes and these scare zones that are frightening, but ultimately it's still trick-or-treating, you know. Right, but it's, right. <laughs> it's trick-or-treating for grown-ups. You know, I got to say, I'm one of those guys that doesn't scare easily, but I swear you guys get me every year, several times. <laughs> and it's just, uh, I love being like, I love getting scared. It's just, I don't know. I look around, I see things coming. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> they always get you somewhere. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so, last question before we wrap up. I, if, uh, again, if you don't mind answering, I'd like to know what the fan Mike Aiello is looking forward most to Halloween Hard Nights 25. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I think as a fan, I think when we, when we first, you know, 
went through the concepts of what this year will bring. And I'll, I'll have to be careful with how I speak because this is a lot of information we haven't revealed yet. So <laughs> Yes, yes. I don't want to get you <laughs> in any bad situation. The, 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 the tone of this year's event, not only, you know, we knew first, first and foremost, we knew we wanted to bring Jack back in some capacity. Um, so we've done that. And, and he will have a, a presence in the event. Um, but ultimately, we wanted for 25, we wanted to make sure that we were still presenting some, some newer things for guests to enjoy, um, for horror fans to enjoy, but also um, bring back some things that, that we've done in the past 25 years, but, but also not in the same way that we may have in for the 20th anniversary. Um, that there, there are some aspects where we may have taken some storylines and maybe combined some things together. Um, to create new storylines or give you a piece of a story that you didn't realize were interconnected, but we're telling you now that they are. Um, so uh, there's a couple aspects of the event where we've done that. Uh, and the hardcore fan who's been with us, you know, even before I was creating this event that, that you know, that, that has been going, you're going to see, um, you're going to see some themes that may have interconnected at a point where we haven't revealed yet. Um, and also presenting some characters and thematics in a different way than we've done in the past. Uh, so, th- and that, I'm, real, I'm speaking more towards maybe the original content that we're presenting this year, yeah, and maybe yeah. less towards some of the properties that we're presenting. Um, but I, I think the, the the fan of the event is going to enjoy kind of seeking out some of these uh, subliminal um, Easter eggs of how we've kind of interconnected some things. Uh, and again, it's not overt. It's it's really for the hardcore fan as it just maybe a wink and a nod that I, again I appreciate that whenever I go to something and, I, and it, it takes me into consideration but not in a huge way but just in a hey I know you're looking and I know I know this is something you love so here's a wink and a nod to that. Um, I hope it's I mean, not silly for me to say I got uh, goosebumps as you were describing that. <laughs> then I did my job. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, I think there are going to be several things in the event I think uh, hardcore fans are going to really appreciate. Um, but, again, you know, we're still going to deliver a lot of new content that we haven't done before um, and, uh, and some new twists on some old thematics, I think, uh, that, that I think our fans are going to like. I hope. Oh, I know yeah. We're having a good time creating it. So that's, that's really, at this point, all I can uh, hang my hat on is that we're having fun. So <laughs> hope everybody coming to the event has, has as much fun as we have. If you're having fun creating it, it's typically going to be a whole lot better than if you're not. That, that's, that has always been true up to this point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine ever having a bad time at Halloween Horror Night. So I am... I can't either. More excited this year than any other year. I, I it, well, I say that every year, but it's true. And <laughs> yeah, it, it just keeps getting better and better for me too. I've I've been, you know, the first time Matt dragged me out, he was like, ah, oh, you might like it, you might not, and and I'm like, the only question I had for him after we were done was, why is this the first time you're taking me? <laughs> and we've gone every year since. Yep. So yeah, that's great. Well, it's and it's so nice to hear that, and it's never never taken for granted those, those statements and. And, uh, and I appreciate, you know, you and, and fans, you know, all over the world that cover this event uh, just to see what it is we're doing. That, that, that's really cool. And, and, and we, we totally take that, you know, to heart. Well, it's really cool that you allow us time like this to have these interviews and have oh, this the coverage. Oh, this is my pleasure, man. It's, it's nice to actually not be in a meeting today. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I know that feeling, so I'm glad I could provide that for you today. <laughs> so, well, Mike, uh, we went a little long. I really want to thank you for not only talking to us, but for talking to us above and beyond the time we had scheduled. So thank you so much for this. Oh, thank you so much, and it was really, really nice to meet you. 
Uh, nice talk with you guys. Great talking with you. And uh, I'll see you uh, in September and October. Yes, you will. Yes, yes you, will. you will. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome, guys. Have a great day. You too. You too. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening.